Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, sponsored by Zwift, where fun is fast. Sponsorisé par Zwift. Brad, we've retired to the terrace of our quarantine villa in the foothills of Mont Ventoux, really. Mm. Off the back of another day, another special day for Mark Cavendish. To pick apart stage six mm. of this year's Tour de France. I'm Graham Wilgos, I should say. You are. While we're, while we're doing Thanks introductions. Thanks for <laughs> Pete Burton's here as well, podcast Pete. Well, we're number two for, for Cav. Yeah. In Chateau Roux, tour to Chateau Roux today. We thought it was going to be a stage for the sprinters. Breakaway made it interesting enough. Didn't expect to see the, the final two out there. We'll come to that a little bit later. But let's start with the main man in green, your old mate. Mark, yeah, I mean, um, it was a bit, I mean, we were watching it, weren't we? And we were jumping up and down. Um, Me and Pete were, but you were, you were sat there going, with 500 metres to go, you were going, he's got this. He's got it. He's got, he's got this. It. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just looking, he's looking better than he ever was it's like Mark Cavendish of 10 years ago when he was dominating and he's dominating again um, I said the other day that he could win another four or five of these stages um, and if he carries on like this he's clearly got the legs on everybody else um, he's got the confidence um, I noticed what he does have is he's, in his post-race interview he's he's um, thinking on his feet at those speeds and split second decisions you know he said that um, I just wanted to wait a couple more meters before I went made my sprints we jumped trains and um he just yeah I mean what can you say about him that we haven't already said and it's just I wouldn't say it's effortless but greatness for me he's great he's great and his greatness is um greatness for me is is um doing something that's very difficult with the greatest of ease and that's what he does so well in the sprints um it's just a joy to watch in green they did that side on shot about 28k to go 25k to go mm. and he just looked he looked class and he looked like Mark should look and does look. And we didn't see that for a few years. You know, we saw Mark kind of all over the place and worrying about teams and not happy and whether, you know, people questioning his ability and whether he was, that was his days done and this and the other. And he's back where he should be and he's in that team. He looks happy. He didn't stop smiling, I don't think, this whole race. For the last week since he was announced, he was riding. And it's a joy to watch. It really is. Far less emotional after today's win than he, he was for, yeah. for win number, for obvious reasons, for win, stage win number one at this mm. tour. Um, it felt a little bit more like business as usual. And you feel like, or I feel like, it is perhaps for De Kerning. They're so mm. well drilled. I mean, you say it was effortless. It, it, and I know what you're getting at, but let's not that skip over. Effortless. Yeah, it looks effortless. But, but let's not skip over the, yeah. the awesomely drilled sprint train that he's got there, led out. Um, by, by well, Julianne Alaphilippe yeah. first off. They, they all um, contributed, and, they then, all, and then yeah, and then like you say, Michael Morkov. Mm, they all contributed, and they have all you know, they they've always had confidence in him, but they have extreme confidence in him now. Even when that train come up on the right, um, you know, and started they started drag racing each other. They just Mark would have been calling the shots there. He does that. He calls the shots. Stay left. Stay left. Stay left. The other train came over to them then, and that's when he jumped trains. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just. Um, 
I say it was just it's brilliant to watch, and it it was sort of almost never in doubt really. Once he once he got, once he gets open road and clear road, that's why I was shouting five hundred minutes ago. He's got this. He's got this yeah. because he holds his cool at those moments. He doesn't panic, doesn't he? Just and he and and the team around him also don't panic. But he calls the shots. It's Mark that calls the shots. I felt like it was quite a late sprint from Cav in 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 terms of striking out on his own. I mean, his, his team. His well, he team knew exactly him. where he wanted to go, didn't he? Because he mm. said in that interview, you know, I just needed a. Um, and he said on the interview also, it's a different finish every time they finish there. Sometimes it was uphill, sometimes yeah. it was slightly downhill. He even had time to replicate his sort of first ever stage win salute, if you notice. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoyable so, with his with his hands on his hands helmet, on his head. Hands on his yeah. head. Yeah, he chose Philipson's wheel, like you say. So he said he wanted an extra half a second mm. um, on the wheel, which is why he chose to go right when Morkov yeah. went left. Philipson finished second. There was a little bit of Philipson had to adjust his line, and so did Merlier. Yeah, his lead out man. Yeah, um, I don't know. If, I don't think it was contrib- it was um, at the fault of Cav though. I mean, I'm, it was the most minor adjustment. You said it was his own man, his own. Yeah, Alperson I think team. I think they were both in the way really. I'm not too sure what them two are doing. They're trying to lead each other out daily, aren't they, Merlier? And... Well, they, I read this morning that Merlier said, Tim Merlier said that they don't know who's going to sprint in that team until yeah. two hours before the race, which I find... And um, Merlier's won a stage, which seems bizarre. But yeah. why, would you, why would you not back your fastest man Well, I don't know. All the way? I'm not quite sure what's, what that team is, but it was interesting to see... Um, uh, I, keep, I nearly keep, need to keep saying Adri van der Poel, but it's uh, Mathieu, isn't it? Um, it's, that he was contributing quite a bit to that lead out as well. Yeah. For, for, for well, it's, a, it's a real um, two forces of nature, Alaphilippe yeah. on the front for de Koenig there in the final few hundred metres and, yeah. and Matthew van der Poel for Alperson, which is great. Um, Alaphilippe yeah. in the world champs jersey. Yeah. Van der Poel in yellow. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was um, it was a perfect stage, wasn't it? And, you know, hats off to the two out front all day. They did some effort with Greg van Avermaet. And um, Roger Kluger, Roger Kluger. Lotto Sudal. Um, Greg, was it 157 kilometres breakaway today? Average speed forty eight point eight kilometers an hour. Let's go inside. Awesome, awesome effort. for a hundred best part of hundred miles. Yeah, to go that long. Mm. Um, I saw Kluger afterwards. He said he was. He, he felt like he had cramp in his legs. So it's an unusual stage for him yeah. to pick to strike out yeah. for so long. They, you know, they managed quite late into the day, didn't they? But um, you know, great on great day again for everyone. Slightly less emotional for everyone than the other day. I think we're all a bit. Um, we're all a bit business as usual as well in terms of watching Cav win. You know, it's, it's sort of, he got that first one the other day and the emotions were high and everyone's texting each other. Today, it's a bit more sort of like, yeah, he's done it again. We knew he could do it again, having watched the other day because it just shows that the other day wasn't a fluke and he didn't win by other people's misfortune. Yeah. Um, Nasser Buhani, we should also mention coming in third. Let's hear how Carlton Kirby called the finish for us on Eurosport and GCN+. Safe ball still very much in the mix for the time being, and here we go with De Koenig picking it up right now. Mark Cavendish in the green, other side of the road, Alperson waiting to, to let go, and it is Philipson today. Sagan's chosen that line to go with, and so is Bouwani, dangerous territory. Mark Van Aert's also there as well, and Mark Cavendish is boxed in for the time being. He may well ride the Alperson train, let's see. Philipson's a good wheel to, to go for, and Mark Cavendish goes for it instinctively, shows the green jersey right now, and here he comes. Mark Cavendish lights it up. Oh, it's getting brutal. Still Bouwani in the frame as well on the throw oh, oh photo Bahani shakes his head and Mark Cavendish shakes two fists at the sky it'll go to a photo but I think Mark Cavendish has doubled up here and he's already getting congratulations from the field what about that lightning can strike twice and maybe thrice and maybe even four times you never know with Mark Cavendish 
One thing you do certainly know is that he's got a team that can deliver the talent he possesses. Fabulous. Cav taking it by a bike length in the end there, Brad. What interested me about the finish um, from an Alperson point of view was it looked like, correct me if I'm wrong, it looked mm. like they were pulling for both Philipson and yeah. Merlier to get on the podium today. But, Do they believe they've got two of the fastest? But why get on the podium? I mean, it just seems strange, doesn't it? I mean, it's... Um, Pick one or the other. Yeah, and surely their, their objective should be to, to line one of them up to have a good go at beating Cav. Yeah. Because he's clearly the fastest man. But to see two of them and then not know who's going to sprint till two hours before, it's all a bit... I don't know, especially when you've got the likes of uh, Matthew van der Poel aiding that lead out as well and the contribution of effort from all the team to those two um, and how fast those two are, Phillips and, and, and Merlier individually. Surely they should share the spoils rather than deciding sort of every other day. And Merlier's won a stage as well, so he's kind of proved his worth and he's won a stage at the Giro. Mm. So it kind of... Um, is a bit bit odd, really, particularly when they've got the yellow jersey and he's contributing to that effort as well, to, to end the day with, with nothing and basically kind of both left gesticulating as to who, you know, uh, potentially at Cav, that he balked them in the sprint, which obviously the judges didn't think so because there was no kind of calls to have a look at that or relook at the sprint. But um, yeah, I mean, they got it right with Merlier the other day, didn't they, when they win with the crashes and things, but... Um, obviously Cav wasn't there because he got caught behind them but um, it's um, they're not getting it right at the moment and they clearly have the form the, the power to try and do try and challenge Mark mm. which they're not doing they're not they're not utilising their, their numbers um, to the full and that's the numbers particularly those two when they come down to the finish then to, to release us to release the that info to the public that um, you know they don't know till two hours before who's going to be sprinting. It's it's almost a little bit amateur really, because um, if it is if that is the case, you know it's um, Mark obviously be aware of that. Um, so it's it's it shows a a lack of confidence in either of them, and particularly as one of them has won a stage. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure sure what what what's going on there with that. Let's hear what Cav had to say about the sprint afterwards. won uh, on a stage that left from Châteauroux a few years ago. You won, of course, in Châteauroux. It, it was to be. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice. Wow. It seems like every time we finished here, it's been a different line, though. 2008, it was uphill a bit. I think it was further down the road. 2011, it was short from the finish. I think it was still uphill a bit, but short from last... Shit, it's like kind of downhill flat running. Oh, boy. But still, it's Mark Cavendish who wins at the end. I Take us through the, the, those it's moments. Ten, ten years since I last won here, you know. Um, it's pretty special, like, and actually in pretty similar fashion to then. Like, uh, we were talking about what to do in the final because there's so many strong sprint teams here all wanting to go for the front. That uh, to take on is a big ask, you know. You always get swamped at the finish. Um, by those big teams, especially those teams that I don't understand why you bring a full sprint team here and not ride for a sprint. You know, the break went with all our guys, like we had Casper in there, a lot of the sprint teams had someone in there, and all of a sudden, France had a jeu, uh, okay, like they're French teams and the Tour de France, and they panic because there's a group gone then, but then when there's a breakaway to chance for a sprint, they don't pull, and so they got everyone in the final there, so you expect them to come. Um, and uh, actually, as usual, it's, uh, it's uh, the other team that share the work with us in, uh, in uh, 
Alpacine um, and they came with the strongest team in the end as well and uh, actually yeah, Michael left the outside the wind was coming from the right Michael left the left for me to go but uh, I wanted just a split second longer in the wheels before I went so I had to switch trains and, and go from then but uh, so after that like you see the guys you see how much they pulled there the world champion Julian Alaphilippe just burying himself in the last kilometers it's, that's something special all the guys are it's uh, sorry I'm just talking on now but I'm buzzing you know Mark it's your 30 seconds victory you know what my next question is going to be are you thinking don't about don't say that? the name don't say the I name I didn't say anything I'm not thinking about anything again I've just won a stage of the Tour de France if that was my first stage if that was my 30 second stage I just won a stage of the Tour and uh that's what people work their whole lives for, you know. Yeah. I'm very, very happy. That's all. If I'm good enough to win 50 more, I'm good enough to win 50. If I'm good enough to never win again here, so be it. I'm not good enough to win again here. Um, it's the Tour de France. Thank you, young man. Thank you very much. <laughs> Brad, great to see Cav happy in front of the camera like that mm. um, and, and clearly enjoying himself. Interesting point about calling out a couple of the teams there. Um, for not pulling on the front when they were trying to close down the two who had, who had made it out front for so long today in the breakaway. Um, what did you make of that? Um, and I'm taking his reference in FDJ, is that right? FDJ yeah. for Demar and I yeah. think Arkea Samzik for Buhani. Yeah, Demar was sort of not present either, was he really? He's had a funny old was race. Was he fourth or fifth on the stage today? Something like that? Demar finished fourth, Sagan finished fifth mm. and, and Case Bowl. Yeah, um, and maybe they didn't want to ride because Demar's not feeling up to it. Um, I think he crashed the other day as well, Demar, didn't he? Mm, he did. Yeah. yeah, so he might not be feeling himself, wanting to feel his legs, maybe looking to recover a little bit till later on in the race. So perhaps they didn't want to commit their numbers to, to, to doing that lead up. But, you know, if they are here for that, I mean, Merlier crashed on day one, still won the stage the day after, um, or two days after, whenever it was. Um, and yeah, I think Mark was right, really. But then at the same time, you know, um, they know he's got green. Um, they know that he's got a strong team that wants to ride. They don't have a full lead-out team because they've got Julianne and those guys and they're all going to contribute. But they, they know that, that Quickstep will, or De Kernick will, will take it up. And, they're they're and basically looking at, looking at Alperson, looking at De Kernick, going, well, yeah. we haven't got the same power as you, so we're just going to yeah, sit in here and you can work. Yeah, which is a bit work. naughty, really. You still contribute to make it a sprint. So, you know, you, you can't win a raffle unless you buy a ticket and you've got to you know, contribute your numbers in there. It's sort of like an, un, an unwritten rule and a gentleman's agreement that you know, we, this is our day today because come a couple of days down the line, it's all going to be in the hills and those guys are all going to be the Gruppetto. So, and and it, it backfired on them because Mark won again and they did all the work today. Um, so good on them. And Matthew van der Poel, having worked so hard to maintain his lead in the yellow jersey, I mean, it's ever so narrow now. He's only eight seconds on GC in front of Tadej Pogacar after yesterday's um, spectacular time trial performance. And that wasn't actually something we were expecting on the flat. No, I don't think any of us were expected to see him come to the fore so early. But I think it was perhaps um, maybe a little bit unfair on, on, on Pogacar from all of us, really, because... We were so focused on whether G was going to recover, whether um, Primoz Rodlic was going to recover, because under normal circumstances, you would have expected Primoz to, um, to to nail a time trial like that. It's the right distance for him. He's, he's sort of, you know, less than a week in. He normally shines in these type of races over those distances. But Pogaccia, yeah, I mean, quite something really yesterday, that, to do to do what he did. He put 44 seconds into Roglic, who finished I, seventh yeah, on the day. Yeah, I think that shows his form already, really. We, you know, it's no surprise when he did... 
um, as, as beautiful as it was to watch last year when he did it on the uphill and to Planche de Belfi. But um, to do produce that over a half an hour time trial and the, the gaps that he produced as well over some pretty, you know, pretty decent time trialists like Stefan Kuhn and people like that, it was um, that that's a mark of where he's at in his form. And let's not forget, this guy's, you know, been on the floor already this race as well. Mm. And you kind of feel that with the gaps that are existent now and the length of time we're into this race and also the injury sustained by some of his biggest rivals that it's his to lose now going forward um, because a performance like that you can't it shows the kind of form he's in um, and and we both commented didn't we after watching him on the turbo it looked he looked like he hadn't really exerted himself that much by comparison really did yeah by but, comparison to van der Poel yeah so um, he left it all out there. Is, they said on French TV, you know, he's a phenomenon, is, is what he is, and um, it shows that last year wasn't a flash in the pan. Yeah, the perfect bike rider they've called him at UAE. Yeah, uh, hard to disagree with that. Stefan Kung, you mentioned there, finishing second in the TT, uh, nineteen seconds behind Pogacar. He didn't look too happy, did he? When they, they he looked astonished. Yeah, he, I mean, it was a mixture of um, disappointment and astonishment. Yeah. Yeah, he can be a bit of a miserable sod, Stefan. Um, you know, but it shows he's a winner, really, and he wants to win. You know, and, and that shows the disappointment. I think it's very difficult sat in that hot seat with the camera on you, and you know, you think you've got it in a bag. And he would have—I don't think he'd have expected Pogacar to beat him on a time trial like that. So his disappointment was clear to see. Um, and maybe miserable is a little bit unfair to Stefan, but um, he certainly doesn't take defeat very well. Mark Soler, we should also mention. Um, he's spoken out about the extent of his injuries and how stage one unfolded for him in uh, the by now infamous crash with a spectator um, impeding Tony Martin with her sign. So they sat by the roadside and he was picked up by his mechanic eventually after after sitting there dazed and put back on his bike. Um, we know after the stage that he's got he broke he fractured both arms right and left um, and he says that sitting on the bike he was unable to shift gears comfortably um, or even at all um, and and had, had such little feeling in his arms I'm astonished that he, he finished the stage at all mm. um, looking back to I mean Chateau Roux uh, famous for, for you um, for, for having crashed mm. in the 2011 tour on stage 7 yeah um, and you knew you were done instantly because you had a you had a doctor who yeah, came to your came to your side immediately. Went checked you out and went. It's your collarbone. Your race is over. Yeah. At what point, if your doctor doesn't say it, do you say as a rider, I can't, I cannot carry on? It's very difficult, isn't it? Um, sometimes you you just, I mean, that's the worst crash I had. So I couldn't get off the floor. The doctor helped me off the floor. We had a team doctor. We had a team doctor in the team car that day. So he jumped out of the car and ran straight to me, um, and he checked me out on the floor. He told me to stay down. Actually. Um, um, and he checked me out on the floor because, um, you know, you can cause some, some more severe injuries by trying to stand up. And if you have broken something, you know, you've got to be careful. So he said straight away, no, you, your collarbone's gone. That's it. You're done. And, and, and the pain I was in, I probably sort of, that was what I wanted to hear really. You know, it's not, it's not pleasant getting back on a bike and riding along thinking you've broke something. Um, riders have done it in the past and continue. I remember Stuart O'Grady in 2000 Tour de France. He rode 90 kilometers with a broken collarbone to the finish. Um, and it, and it's, 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 it's very um, inhumane, really, putting riders through that. And I can't imagine how Soler got to the finish yesterday with them, um, or two days ago, whatever it was, um, three days ago, 
with um, two broken arms. Um, you, you think about uh, like Tyler Hamilton talking about grinding his teeth down to the almost to his yeah. gum, uh, riding on with a broken collarbone. I mean, and, and, and there are some dangers. I know there's some new rules in place with the concussion, isn't there? But broken bones and riding, it's um, it's not pleasant. And yeah, you get to the finish, check your injuries out, and, and, and on the next day. But you, yeah, some. But w- crashes of that magnitude, with the amount of riders involved, it's very difficult for doctors to get round and, and start diagnosing people when they're on the floor. And you know, as a rider, when something's broken in your days are numbered. I think it's um, if you've got a small fracture or something very painful, then it, you can carry on. But but you your know. first thought in 2011 was, okay, I've, I've got to I've got to find a way to continue here until you were told. So it wasn't you weren't in the position where yeah, you, I just were, you were going to go. The floor. I know there's a lot of pressure on you as well. But. Yeah, but once the doctor told me that that was it, it's done. Um, it was kind of relief, really, because you don't have to keep thinking anymore. You know, because I think, imagine if a doctor doesn't diagnose you and you do get off and you get to the finish or you get to the hospital and it's not broken, then, you know, that's what, I think that's why riders try and persist is because you're not a doctor and no one can diagnose you. It might, there is a chance that it might not be broken and you can carry on. So it's very difficult. Rob Hatch has given us a little bit of extra context here, which is important. Um, he said... Solaire is outspoken and really has a go at the spectator, the UCI and the organisers, but importantly, not his team. And he played down a little the state of his fractures um, because they weren't displaced and don't, and don't require surgery. Um, so, I mean, still all told, to get to the finish in a state like that is... Amazing, really. I mean, yeah, it's, it's what... The, that's some effort, you know. Um, yeah, some, some would say it's pretty stupid because, you know, you have to think about quality of life afterwards really and um yeah i mean it's, it just shows you what these riders go through really and 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 the the, the chaos that that woman caused mm. you know and i go back to what i said all the other day she's an absolute asshole of a woman um it, it's it's uh, obviously what's transpired since about you know her getting arrested and potentially a year prison sentence i think it was a little bit harsh you know i think it's a bit disproportionate yes, to what uh, people uh, really <laughs> do in life and, and need pr- prison sentences but uh, you know a slap on the wrist definitely and and made made to realize that, that this is a monumental mistake that she's made that has caused people their livelihoods you know yeah I've, I've no doubt though it will on the other side of that it will now live with her for the rest of her life and there is no way she intended to do it and i believe they dropped the court case today which you know is, yes I don't think so, so wanted her to go to prison but right, right not to pursue it but yeah, yeah yeah i mean just definitely that they found her and she has to accept responsibility for her actions and you know never do it again looking ahead to tomorrow um few mountains we've got two category three climbs two category four climbs one category two climb um on the longest stage at the tour uh for 20 years for 21 years um i should say uh just over 249 kilometers um peloton seems to have calmed down a little since the race started yeah yeah it's settled into a rhythm i think it'd be a lot of tired bodies i think the roads down this neck of the woods as well certainly to chatter a lot of straight roads we saw that on the tv today a lot of um it's wider. It's a different, you know, Brittany was, is historically and, and, and always narrow, up and down, very much like Britain, British roads. Um, but yeah, I think that really aids the race when it's like that. It's, there's more room on the road for the riders. There's more of a pattern to the race now. Lots of people are trying to recover sustained injuries. And lots of people are, um, they, everyone knows their place within the tour now and within the race. Um, there's a hierarchy within the peloton on the GC side of things and also on the sprint side of things. Um, and and Teams know where they're going to have to, you know, marshal their efforts and, and put come to the fore, really. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's the first weekend of the, the tour was um, uh, one like we haven't seen for many, many years. 
and I think it's def- definitely a pattern to the race now. We're, we're going to be deep into the tour in the next couple of days now, and this is where um, the GC battle really starts. Really, I think it's um, is that there's a hierarchy already in the GC, but and we've got a, we've got our odds-on favourite now. I think for the race, but um, yeah, stage seven, are we? Is that right? Stage seven, yeah. A lot yeah. of climbs towards the end. Do you expect to see more gaps on the GC, or do you expect them to stick together? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think tomorrow might even be day for the breakaway. Yeah. Now Cav's picked his second stage. We're not, you know, Quickstep might just sit back and say, well, you know, you ride FTJ if you want to sprint in that. But it might not be many teams that are very confident in their sprinters now after the last couple of days because Cav's been so dominant. Mm. Will Pogaccia look to take the eight seconds he needs on Van der Poel tomorrow? I don't think so. No. He's I quite think, happy. I think he'll, he, he doesn't need to. He's won the tour. He's had a yellow jersey. You know what that feels like. Um, this isn't, this isn't, he doesn't see this as his opportunity to take yellow. Um, they don't want the yellow jersey just yet and try to defend it for two weeks. They'll just sit tight now. He's in a perfect, perfect position and, and he'll wait and let Van der Poel fall away at his own, his own and that will probably be in over the weekend when we get to teen maybe. And that's where I, I expect Pogacar to, to, to really push on his advantage and take the yellow and, and maybe extend his lead, but certainly keep it to his main rivals. But um, he's just got to play it cool now. He's he's in a perfect position to win this Tour de France and he's got to pick and choose his days now. And he's got the beauty and the, and the, the you know, he's in a privileged position now to be able to do that because of, of, of his efforts up to this point. Could we see, I mean, we're not even talking about him in terms of GC at the moment because he's one minute, 48 seconds behind. Primoz Roglic, can we see Rog doing a pog from last year and pulling Maybe. pulling a GC win from, from nowhere? I mean, never say early, never. You, know? you can't underestimate him. He's a great rider. Um, and I don't think Pogacar will underestimate him. You know, anything can happen in the Tour de France. We've seen that over the last few days. We've seen it over Tour de France in the past. We saw it last year in the Tour de France on the last you know, second last stage. So, yeah, he won't be underestimating him. He's got a healthy lead over him. Um, some would say he's got that healthy lead because of um, the misfortune of Primoz, but he's still in the race and he's still fighting. And while he's there, you can't underestimate him. He's a, he's a class act. We look forward to seeing how it unfolds. Brad, we'll leave it there. Yes. Until tomorrow then, Brad, we're going to leave everyone. You catching up with your old mate. Yes, let's do that. Are you up, Big pecs on you, Rowan. <laughs> How are you, right? All right, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You had a massage, have you? Yeah, massage, physio. Getting old. <laughs> oh, mate. You don't need fixing and that, don't you? Yeah. How are you? How I'm long are you walking for? Um, here till Monday, and then I'll go up and right. do the bike on Tuesday, so I'll be there. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Mark, you won again today. Amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right. Mate, I was on the limit eh, today. Like, was it? Uh, mate, they, they, we had to just go full. I know the Tour de France was full, but you know when, like, like, we'd rather, like, as a team, we'd rather guarantee a sprint and lose than risk them in a wage, you know? We don't play them mm. games, you know? And, yeah. Uh, use the guys, but you and them guys can, like, okay, Tim pulls, Tim just, like, pulls, and then Dries goes fast, man. But then Atene and Casper, like, mate, them trying to get them two guys back, oh, mate, I was already like, oh, my God, what, what am I doing here? You know? And then, uh, and then just leave that, like, well, I, like, in that hour, and I read no jersey leading you out. It was like when you were in yellow and leading me out, you know? Yeah. It's just a special. It gives you that extra kick in the final, like, then Ballero and, and all of this. But I was like, it was so fast, man. It was so it- fast. Is that why you waited that little, you know, you wanted that extra two seconds 
when you switch trains that because exactly. yeah so the wind was coming from like the right like headwind right like one o'clock so michael like left the le- left side open for me just to pass but i was like oh that'll leave me a lot like normally like the first time winning i was like 300 to go you know um but uh Today, I was like, I was so on the lid, I needed just an extra second. I seen them go on the right. I was like, okay, I can use their slipstream, <gasps> take a breather, then, then then try and kick past them. You know? So that's why I, I followed them and went the long way around, but it just gave me that extra little little second to catch my breath, you know. So even though even though you did feel like that, was it, um the because you didn't look as emotional as the other day, did you? So you, you, is that confidence still there? Yeah, I think... We got confidence from it, obviously. Like it was don't get me wrong, it's emotional. You know what it's like to win a stage of the tour. Yeah. But uh it was just less of a shock, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that shock the other day, like proper shock. Like, okay, I wanted to win, but oh, like all that pent up, I don't know, yeah. emotion over the last years, you know. That one <laughs> that chip on my shoulder won't improve myself, you know. It's never, it was always there like years ago, it's still there. Um, <laughs> Did it feel day. like number one though? It almost felt as good as number one when you first won a stage, did it the other day? It was like it's yeah. like the clock could recount, have gone back to zero, no? Or was it different? Yeah, for you? it was different because then you know I was like I was fighting the world then when I you know, like I was, I was wanting to to step up to that stage. Whereas now it was more of a I don't know, you got I hadn't been through every, anything when I was young. I'd just yeah. been winning stuff. Um, but uh then it was more like the other day was just like everything I've been through, you know, kind mm. of come around, you know. What do you think about green now? Because you're 46 points clear, aren't you? I mean, I know it wasn't a target for you, but, you know, if you keep going like this, I can't see your nearest challenge is Philipson, isn't it, really, at this stage? Mm, like, look, like I didn't... It, and the only, you know, the only... So we used to target all them years ago when it was like them three intermediate sprints and mm. five, three, one less points for the thing and then they changed the system and that and then I had the opportunity to target at that time um, but I was like 10 years ago and then mm. since then I've never really targeted it I just want to uh, see how it goes day by day yeah well yeah. once, you, once you, you start if you don't go for intermediates you lose it you can't win it on the intermediates because once the break's gone the minor places is one point difference yeah so if you yeah. don't go for it then you, you lose it mm. well that's where it's different now to when I, I rode five years ago because yeah, you know, like they put used to put the green jersey sprints after mountains and it was like 30 points for the win. So Sagan would get over and drop all the sprinters, and that's where he always won the green jersey. He was getting them 30 mm. points every time when when no other sprinter did. Um whereas now since last year, it's geared towards the sprinters, you know. So uh, mm. it's earlier on in the stage so you've got all the sprinters going for it so you have to contest and uh, it comes look like I don't even know I don't know how far I'm getting through through the tour I'm aiming for Paris like my priority is just going to be surviving one jersey like you know um, I know I can sprint then I can go on the climbs and uh, so we just have to see with that you know mm. I've got a good team around you know it was 14 years ago since you started the tour in London and yeah. 13 and 13 since your first win does it feel like that in that time you've you've spanned three generations of sprinters from McEwen, Pataki, Hushovd, Kittle and then the current crop now Caleb and Philipson and those guys I mean, it's quite something in it to still be winning at 36. you don't feel like 36 do you no no I don't know not really no 
Just no. Do it. <laughs> it's been 14 years since you did that stupid breakaway on your own. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. <laughs> you just change, don't you? You know, imagine you got, if you were here now, you wouldn't be doing that stupid breakaway on your own. Of course would I wouldn't. No, no, no. No. It was pretty special watching Alan Philippe on the front today, though. I mean, he's he's some boy, isn't he? He's, I mean, everyone in that team is pretty special in it. But he he what he did on day one, and to be doing that for you, and you saw what it meant to him afterwards, the, the finish on TV. It was quite. That yeah, was really special to watch that. Incredible. Well, I think what's kind of got lost more was him actually the other day. Mm. Like we nearly didn't catch Van War, and we lost Ballerini through mm. like he broke his four K to go. Wins mm. in the green jersey. And he just adapts. Like there's nothing that he doesn't get asked to. He doesn't get. To, he knows we need. He we need to get that uh, Van Moor back, and he just comes to the front. Doesn't get told mm. to. We don't have that. Like he just does it. Yeah. And, uh, that's that. That was special. Like you know what I mean. You can you can float around in the green jersey of the world champs, but just committing to the team like that, and committing to me especially, like. Mm. Well, he's a legend. And I remember when he was a Neil Pro. I was racing with him in this team, and when he was a Neil Pro, yeah, and yeah. Uh, racer, like he's, he's wicked. But the whole it, it's a good vibe. Uh, last question, Mark. What about um, the rest of the tour? I know you just touched on it there, but how do you feel about the mountains? Because you're obviously in good shape. Will you let? Will you, will you make a decision on that, or will you just let see how the race pans out? Uh, yeah, it's an unknown. I'm not like, mate. I want to get to Paris. You know, but uh, yeah. we just have to see. I really don't know. I haven't done a grand tour since what 2018. Yeah, um, yeah. the only only race this year I've done with any mountains. Uh, I got sick in, so mm. I've got no, I got no gauge, no idea. No, um, just have to. We'll, we'll just have mm. to see. It's just suffering, isn't it? Um, let's try. All right, mate. I'll let you go anyway. I know you're busy, man. Thank you for this. I'm sure everyone will love this. All the British fans. You're giving us all so much joy. <laughs> and it's been good watching you at the finish each day with Bernie, asking you the loaded questions. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, I'm here with Mark Cavendish. <laughs> it's so funny, you know, you see him looking and he's hating it, you know, because like, he's never had to like, interview me, just talk, you know, and uh, <laughs> his mask on and that. All right. See you all later. Right, I'll see you Have Tuesday. Speak to you soon. Ciao. Go, 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 jump, go and jump in that pool. You got a rowing machine there? No, no, got weights, but we're doing aqua aerobics every morning. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode it of does. the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, sponsored by Zwift, where fun is fast. Sponsorisé par Zwift. Brad, thanks for your thoughts. Um, so we follow you on social media. So we go. So we go. Eurosport on Eurosport underscore UK on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us Facebook and Instagram. Um, until tomorrow, Brad. Yeah, from goodbye. you and me, Graham Wilgos, we will leave it there. We'll leave it with a quote from Brendan Gallagher um, from his Telegraph piece, the day after Cav won his first stage of the Tour de France in 2008. Sport is full of dreams coming true, but it is hard to think of a sweeter moment than Cavendish's searing victory. A star has arrived in a hurry. Boom. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.